We're looking for the good that you desire to bring out of this, Father. While the world is looking for the bad, Father, the church is looking for the good. And we know ultimately the good that can come out of this is that more souls come into your kingdom. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, Father, are looking for answers right now. So may the church arise, Father. Provide the answers that the world is looking for. Father, we believe we don't need to hear from Washington today. We need to hear from heaven. And Father, it's the instructions that you give to us and the strategy that you give to us, Father, that we'll march out and deliver to the world. And so, Father, these moments that we'll have together, times when we'll listen to your word and then times when we'll spend uh, in prayer as a corporate unified body today, I'm asking that your presence, Father, that is already here, may it uplift, Father, and may it build up today. May it give hope, Father, and answer questions. Uh, may it deliver, Father, right to the core of what the very needs are in this room today. And so, Father, I believe that I have decreased and you have increased. It is less of me and more of you. I declare that my tongue is connected to my spirit and I speak as I ought to speak today the oracles of God. You give me the ability to do it with simplicity. Father, you said with all of our getting that we should get an understanding. So, Father, my prayer is not one person will walk out of here today not having understood what they heard. And we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Why don't you just love on someone today? Tell them God is good and then you can be seated. I believe we're going to unplug from biblical laws of prosperity just due to the uh, events that are taking place in our country right now. And I believe what God has led me to minister today is understanding the times. I mean, God has never left his children without understanding. And so really, if we're in tune, we can actually see and know what's coming and not be surprised when we see it. But then we can also go through it, not like the world goes through it, but we can go through it successful and prosperous and be a real light in a dark place. And then we can come out of it because we were untouched by it with all the answers that the world is looking for. Do you all believe that today? What they have to see is a difference between church people, not the church, but the people that attend church and what's happening out there in the world. And so obviously we're living in tough times, times of terrorism, wars, bombings, racial tension, brutality, fear really what looks like hopelessness. If you watch the news right now, it almost looks hopeless just watching that if you watch the continual loops. These are times when it seems like the enemy is turning up things at an all-time high. But again, how many of y'all know he's never doing anything bigger than what God's doing? And again, if we're in tune and sensitive, he's actually responding to God. God is not responding to him. So anytime you see large doses of terror and, and death, 
How many are really behind the scenes spiritually God is doing something much larger than that? And what Satan is trying to do is get our minds off of what God is doing and, and refocus our attention to negative things instead of being focused on what God is doing and the bigness of our God. I want to submit to you today just an opening text here. Ch- prayer changes everything. Prayer is a game changer. Go with me very quickly to James chapter 5, and let's just look at this as a foundation text, and then I'm going to share five points that I believe God gave me for this morning. James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, and then we're going to take some time at the end of this service to pray as a corporate body. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, to confess your trespasses to one another. Confess means to acknowledge. Trespass there is not referring to sin in particular. It's talking about our side slips and, and our, our misses. And how many know we all need to be transparent with each other? How many know the world is not looking for people trying to act like they're perfect? Right? And, and, and notice it didn't say acknowledge that to the world. We need to acknowledge that to each other. Right? Which means we need each other, right? So he says here, acknowledge your side slips and your faults to one another. And then notice what he said, and pray for one another. Folks, we need each other more now than ever. We have to stop coming to church on Sunday, and we never see each other again until next Sunday. How I many know we need to do life together throughout the course of the week? So he says, confess your side slips, your misses to one another, and pray for one another. Notice who benefits from this the most. When you take time to pray for other people, notice it says you get healed. Isn't that a blessing? Because you're giving. And when you give, it's always giving back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. But then he says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So if prayer can be effective, it can also be ineffective, right? The difference between effective prayer and ineffective prayer, I would say, would be progress, right? So if our lives are not progressing, then we're probably ineffective in our prayers. Would you all agree with that? If we're effective, then tremendous power should be available, and we should progress as a corporate body, but then also individually. Do you all agree with that? He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. This is not works of our own that makes us righteous. I mean, it's through his death, burial, and resurrection that he made us. So I'm not trying to be righteous. He already made me righteous. And the more I see myself the way he made me, then how many know I can walk in the effectiveness of the prayers that he's given us? And power will be released for us to do what we need to do to really dominate this earth the way he called us to dominate it. He uses an illustration of a man, Elijah. He said, Elijah was a man with nature like ours. So, in other words, he wasn't perfect, right? But notice, because his prayers were effective, look at what power he had to accomplish. Elijah was a man with natures like ours. And he prayed earnestly or fervently, again, or effective, that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months because one man prayed. Listen to me, folks. One person can make a difference. So imagine if one can make a difference, what can thousands do? It did not rain on the land for three years and six months. 
and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. So he prayed the first time that it wouldn't, and it didn't. He prayed the second time that it would, and it did. And the Scripture illustrates that he was just like us. Where am I going with this today? God did not leave us without power, nor ability to make a difference, okay? I want to talk to you about five things today. Number one, we're going to look at what time is it. Number two, we're going to look at we must use our authority on purpose. Number three, we'll look at Jesus has all authority and power. Number four, we'll look at we must cover each other in prayer. Number five, we'll look at how to live a quiet and peaceable life in times like these. How many know we can go through life unaffected by everything that's going on around us? How many of y'all believe that today? Am I speaking to the church today? How many of y'all believe that? We can literally go through life unaffected by everything that's going on around us. I'm going to show this to you in the Word of God today. Now, point number one, what time is it? We are in the last days. Whether we believe that or not, we are in the last days. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. And I want to show you something here. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to start reading at verse 17. We are in the last days. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Are you there? It says, and it shall come to pass when? I want to make sure you're following me. When? Say it like you mean it. When? It shall come to pass in the last days, says Joel. Says who? Says God, watch this, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, which means proclaim, speak forth the mind and counsel of God. Folks, if we're full of God, then we have answers from God. And what he's saying is there's no age limit. I'll pour it out on all ages. So how many know your children can go to school and give their classmates answers? Because I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They shall proclaim, speak forth the mind and counsel. Young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. He said this is going to happen in the last days, that it'll be an outpouring of his spirit. And I mean, young people, old people, we should be able to proclaim what's going on during times like these. Watch this, though. But pay attention to visions also. God's going to show us what to do during times like these. Okay? And then pay attention to dreams. Dreams will line up with Scripture. Visions will line up with Scripture. Everything that you believe you're seeing, it should be supported in Scripture. Verse 18, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those that are serving and being used, and I'll confirm this later on. They shall prophesy. Then notice what he says. I will show wonders, miracles in heaven above, and then very clearly signs in the earth beneath. So in other words, while they're out working and I'm pouring out my spirit and they're prophesying, they're seeing visions and dreams, heaven is going to back what he's showing us. Can you all see that? But then also he said they're going to be signs on the earth, blood, fire, 
vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, the return of the Lord. What he's referring to here, folks, is that even though power will be coming from heaven, there will be great calamity upon the earth. We're seeing it right before our eyes. We're seeing blood. We're seeing terrorism. And and if we've looked at Matthew chapter 24, how many know he told us that nations would rise against nations? If you look up the Greek word there, it is ethnos against ethnos. So in the last days, there will be racial tension. Folks, there's not a whole lot we can do when God said it's going to be this way. It's a part of the times that we're living in. If you read the book of Revelations and other things that were prophesied, it said that information would be increased. We're seeing it now through technology. Folks, we're able to see these events as they're happening. Imagine while someone is being shot By a police officer, someone is filming it as it's happening. The media's job is to produce sensationalism and to try to create fear in America so that we will withdraw from God and run away from God and run towards fear and begin to do a lot of the things that you're seeing in our earth today. So he's real clear here that when we are out prophesying working, serving. He's pouring out his spirit. He's confirming it with miracles from heaven, but on the earth, there's going to be tremendous calamity. Folks, and it's getting ready to get darker for the world before it gets brighter. But I have good news for you today. While it's getting darker for the world, it should be getting brighter for the church. Really, almost at the same time that we're seeing that, great things should be happening for us. And then what is the ultimate goal of all of this, folks? I'm going to show you this three different ways today. Look at verse 20. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Well, how are they going to call unless someone is out prophesying? Speaking forth and proclaiming the mind and counsel of God. Okay? So if we'll be willing to work with him, how many of you know he'll confirm from heaven? So while the calamity is happening in the earth, folks, miracles, signs, and wonders should be happening for us and those that we're bringing into the kingdom. This is a great time to go out soul winning. How I many know your relatives will be more sensitive to the Word of God right now than they ever will be if we have the answers? What time is it? Go to 2 Peter chapter 3 and let's look at verse 8 and 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, 8 and 9. In Scripture, the last days can also be interpreted as the end of days. So let's read what Peter's account, what Peter has to say about this. 2 Peter chapter 3, let's read verses 8 and 9. It says, but beloved, do not forget, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, do not forget this one thing. What is that, Peter? That with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, 
and a thousand years as one day. He said, beloved, do not forget this one thing. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, here's the purpose, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Once again, God's motive is to get as many people into the kingdom as he possibly can. How many know he cannot come down from heaven to do it? If we don't work with him, he has nothing to work with. Folks, the days are gone, listen, of just coming to church on Sunday and living your life Monday through Saturday. We've got work to do. It's serious out there, and they need answers, and they need them from us. Watch this now. So God views time obviously differently than we do. With God, a thousand years is just one day. And one day is like a thousand years. So God has always informed us throughout Scripture what time it actually was. Go back to, with me to Genesis very quickly. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to show you something here. God created everything in how many days? In six days, right? And one day is as a thousand and, and a thousand is as one day. On the seventh day, he did what? He rested, okay? Let's understand some things. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's begin reading at verse 26. On the sixth day, what did he create? Don't everyone answer that at the same time. What did he create on the sixth day? Man, okay, let's read this. So if we don't understand our purpose, folks, if we don't understand why we're here, I mean, anytime purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable, right? If you don't know your purpose, how many know then abuse is just the end result of that. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. This word dominion here in the Hebrew means to rule and to reign. It's using them because man, male and female, their spirits were created on the same day, but their bodies came later, right? Everyone already knows that, right? And he says, let them have dominion or let them rule and reign over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So if it's moving, if it's a creep, then how many know we're supposed to rule over it? So, so we don't have to fear terrorism. We don't have to fear gangs. We, we are the rulers. They are not. And he created man to have this dominion, not over some of the earth, but over all of the earth. So God created man in his own image or his resemblance. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them or empowered them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Fruitful, multiply, all of this literally means that they're supposed to increase, they're supposed to prosper, they're supposed to enlarge. What Adam and Eve's assignment was was to take over the earth and impact it in terms of all of its facets. What I'm submitting to us today that God has not changed. 
We're still supposed to be taking over this earth today, increasing, enlarging, prospering, being successful, and being a tremendous light in a dark world. It said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. In other words, rule over it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice, then God blessed them. God said again, be fruitful. Here it is. Bring forth. Fruitful here means bring forth or grow and increase. Multiply means to enlarge, excel. It means to be greater. It means to grow up. It means to plenty or to to have plenty. So remember what we read in James chapter 5. How many know our lives are supposed to be progressing? So if our lives are not progressing, then God is not the one that's ineffective. Somewhere in here, we're ineffective or we don't know or we're not using our authority the way God designed for us to use it. But he created us to progress. Watch this. The word subdue means to conquer. I love this, to keep under and to bring into subjection. It means to rule over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I've given you herbs that yield seed, which is on the face of the earth, Every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. So man's diet was originally intended to be a fruit and vegetable diet. I just wanted to throw that out there. I just wanted to throw that out there. Doesn't mean we can't eat the other stuff. I mean, we need to have a healthy dose. We can't eat ribs every day. Fried chicken every day. Come on, somebody. And then say the devil is attacking my body. <laughs> Come on, church. Don't leave me out here by myself, right? So, again, if we don't understand purpose, then abuse is what? Inevitable, right? Then notice what he goes on to say. Drop down to verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the what? Okay, so, so now, what time is it? Remember, God doesn't deal with time the way we deal with time. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as what? One day. Listen very carefully. So God gave Adam and Eve this earth to rule over it, right? So really, Adam and Eve don't own the earth. They are stewards of the earth. So essentially, we could say, you know, we're in a home and we're renting that home. How many know we're not the owners of the home? But we're leasing the home. And we agreed upon the lease for a certain period of time. And the owners expect us to take care of the home the way they took care of it. And really, if you're a good steward, you give it back to them better than the way that they gave it to you. So God leased this earth out to Adam. So now let's understand time the way God sees it. Adam had the earth, and he lost it through sin, and he turned the lease over to Satan. As a result, Satan became lowercase g, the God of this world. Is that an accurate statement? So we saw immediately death as a result of uh, uh, Satan becoming the god of this world. We saw it in Adam's children when the Cain killed Abel. Is that right? So we immediately began to see the manifestation of Satan 
becoming the lowercase g, God of this world. So even though God is still in authority and God still owns it, how many know Satan has a right now legally to do all the stuff that he's doing? What we have is a right to legally live above everything that he's doing. Talked about it on last week in Romans chapter 8. There are really two laws that are in the earth. There's the law of sin and death. Satan is what rules that. Then there's the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And how many know that supersedes the law of sin and death? So even though we live in the world, we are not of the world, and we don't have to be affected by the world. Okay, so let's understand this timeline. So from Adam to the time that the law was given, there was 2,000 years, and this is recorded, or what they would call the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. From the law to Jesus was another 2,000 years. All of this is recorded. It's undeniable. It's facts. From Jesus to now, there has been 2,000 years of church history, right? This is now 2016. Don't forget a day. I know what someone is out there thinking. We've been saying we've been in the last days since I was born. Listen, I can remember my grandmother telling me that when I was three years old. We're in the last days. Jesus could come back any day now. Well, listen, it was true when she said it over 40 years ago. And it's still true right now. The fact that we're still here now just means we're closer than we were 40 years ago. But we know that once the earth turned over an additional 2,000 years, how I many we are in that last day? Because one day is as a thousand, and a thousand is, that one, is as one day. So it can happen, folks, any time between now and a thousand years. So a lot of people can take the wrong side of that and think he's going to come back next week and stop working. (laughs) People do this stuff. Or he'll be back. Why should I waste my time doing all of that? And Jesus is coming back soon. I'm going to show you from the Word of God, actually, we're supposed to put in more work the closer we see that day coming, not less. You all getting anything out of this today? So we are in this last days. And it's time for believers to get very serious about what God wants us to do. All right, point number two today. We must use our authority on purpose. We must use our authority on purpose. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We must use our authority on purpose. The book of Ephesians is what's considered a foundational book for the believers. And in chapter 1, he starts off with prayer. And how many know in chapter 6, he ends with prayer? Everything in between, folks, has a lot to do with our prayer lives. In Ephesians chapter 1, what's commonly known as the Ephesians prayer, notice Paul living in very hostile times, the church at Ephesus living at very hostile times. Notice what he prays here in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. He says, Therefore I also... After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my what? 
Now, notice here he's praying for the saints. How many of you know we need each other? I said, how many of y'all know we need each other? This is not a time to be talking about each other. It's a time to be praying for each other. Said, I cease not to give, or do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Then notice what he says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, which is four classes of demonic spirits. I'll talk about that more in a moment. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. So if it has a name, Isis or anything else, Jesus is above that name. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Now, in this particular text here, The Apostle Paul uses three different Greek words for power here. And I want to give the significance of each one. If you look in verse 19, notice he says here, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power capitalized there. So now we know he's referring to God and he's referring to God's power. That word power there is a Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. And it means supernatural power, miraculous ability, and inherent power. Notice God has all the power there in verse 19, as we just read. But I want you to know it's available for us who will believe in it. Do I have any believers in here? Okay, watch this. Verse 19 again. Notice what it goes on to say. Second word, power here. What is exceeding greatness of his power towards us who will believe? Then it says, according to the working of, capital H again, his mighty power, right? This word power here is a different Greek word. It's kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. Listen to this. Remember what we read in Genesis. It means vigor. It means dominion. It means mighty power and it means strength. See, so if he, if we'll believe in it, how many know he has the ability to move us forward? Even during times like this. But then watch this third word power here. Remember what we talked about. Who's the God of the, this world right now? Satan, right? And he uses uh, classes of demonic forces to do, how many know demonic forces are behind everything you're watching on television right now? Whether you want to believe that or not, demonic forces led everyone to do what they're doing right now on both sides. Police officers' side, uh, the killing of the police officers, both sides of it. We're looking at people, but there are demonic forces behind this. How many know our war is not against flesh and blood? We don't pay attention to the color of the skin. We've got to understand what's operating behind the color of the skin. And the reality is there are bad people on all sides. White, black, come on, somebody, brown, red, yellow. 
Because it's not a skin color, it's the condition of your heart. And who are you being used by? Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen, right? So what Satan has us caught up in is the wrong things. Listen, all lives matter. So to single out one, isn't that racism? Right? Especially if the goal of it is to attack another race. Shut your hands up here towards me right now. Pray for me. Pray in the spirit. I felt a little tension rise up in here. Okay, I'm getting ready to teach you something now. Look at the third power here in verse 21. Notice that power is far above all principality. These are four different classes of demonic spirits. So that power is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. That third word, power, there is exousia, okay? But it means delegated authority. So in other words, the influence that Satan has in his demonic forces has been delegated to him by Adam. But he does not have complete control. What am I saying? He does not have a right to come to your house. Oh, Jesus. I wish I had a little help in this building today. Listen, he does not have a right to come knocking on your door. Come on, I rolled through downtown Atlanta last night. I rolled through there with a smile on my face, even though you could barely get through there last night. I was coming back from doing a wedding. I had no concern. I must have saw 100 police cars. And at no point was I concerned about anybody pulling me over. Listen to me, folks. He doesn't have a right to come to your job. Listen, he doesn't have a right to touch your children. No sense in telling your kids don't go outside right now. No, use wisdom, but go outside and have fun and play. I'm going to show you that, folks. Listen, he has no right to come near your dwelling. Come on, I need somebody to shout glory in this place. Come on, he can't touch your money. You should be getting promotions and raises during this time. While everybody else is out missing work, doing all these things that are unproductive, you should be in line for a promotion. Come on, church. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen right now. Watch this now. And he's put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So let me explain some things to you here. My clock is running out, about 10 minutes left. So Jesus is seated. Well, let me just go to my third point. Write this down. Jesus has all authority and power. Let me speed it up. Jesus has all authority and power, not Satan. What Satan has is delegated, right? But we have the ability to supersede it, but we can't ignore that it's there. Everybody clear? Okay, now watch this. Point number three, Jesus has all authority and power. What we just read in Ephesians, it said that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So then that right hand is the seat of all authority and power, right? How many know we have access to that same throne? Hebrews chapter 4 says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain help when we need it. So he didn't leave us helpless, did he? Right? So anything going on around us, we have the ability to go get the help that we need. However we need it. Okay? Now watch this. 
So notice back in Ephesians 20 and 21, Ephesians chapter 1, 20 and 21, Jesus is above all these classes of demonic rulers that are in the earth. So then if Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body and he's the head over all demonic forces, how many know the head can't be over it and the body is not over it? How many know my head is connected to my body? So if my head is over it, then my body is over it also. Folks, he didn't leave us out here by ourselves. How many of we have a big brother? And his name is Jesus. I'm talking about I wouldn't care if it was 500 people walking down the street towards me. How many know the help that's with me is far greater than the 500 people that are coming towards me? Come on, if God is on my side, then what can man do to me? Absolutely nothing. But I want to show you something here. So Jesus has been given all authority, all power over all the earth. Satan and his demonic forces have delegated authority. So they can only exercise that on who will allow them. And we don't have to be one of the ones that, he, that allows Satan to use us. We have the, the ability through Jesus to, to rise far above Satan and all of his different demonic forces and still experience victory. But I want to show you something here. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus has all authority and power. He's given that power to us, but watch this. Before we read Matthew 28, would you give someone anything that you knew they would never use? Raise your hand if you wouldn't do that. Okay, maybe I didn't say it right. Would you give anyone a lot of power or ability? Would you give it to them and you knew up front they would never use it? Would you do that? Would that be smart with your resources? Not at all. Watch this, Matthew chapter 28. So he has all authority and power. He's given it to us. But notice he says something very specific here in verse 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all races, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. So the power is to win people to Christ. So we're then to be workers together with him, and the more we work with him, the more power he releases. I'll prove it to you. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And then he said, lo, that's my man Lorenzo. He's in this text. We used to call Lorenzo Lo. Y'all didn't catch that. That flew right over your head. Said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Who is the one that he's with to the end of the age? Us, but the ones that are out making disciples and winning people to Christ and working with him. For those people, I mean, there's going to be so much power available to them, they won't know what to do with it. As long as this church Mission is about connecting people to God, each other, using all the tools that he gave. How I many know he's always going to give us more than what we need? 
we're noticing that right now where things are falling into our laps for people for hundreds of thousands of dollars less than what the original price was. Why? Because that power is available to help us fulfill his mission, not our mission. So we want to use our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our treasures to advance the kingdom. And God said, I'll be with you when you're doing that all the way until the end of this age. I want you to think about it. If God's with you, then who can be against you? See, if I know what I'm out, what I'm doing is benefiting his kingdom, I mean, the last of my concerns is who's trying to stop me. Okay, let's look at one more. We must cover each other in prayer. Number four. Four minutes left on my clock. We must cover each other in prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Notice it says, praying always. How often should we pray? Just on Sundays. When I'm in trouble. When I need a job. No, I should pray always. With all prayer, one translation says all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful. See, how many of that's paying attention? Okay, that's what I love, the watchful to the end or to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This was very interesting to me as I was studying this last night. The church is, is different today, and our job is to kind of get it back. Notice what he said here. These heartfelt prayers here and watching and being alert and paying attention, looking out for each other and persevering is for each other. If you think about what God is calling us to do, folks, especially through marketplace ministry, all the things that God's calling us to do, connecting, you know, dream teams, small groups, how many of all of that's about watching out and looking out for each other? And see, once we get the community together, then how many of all the businesses in the community come up? I mean, the housing market comes up. Everywhere where God plants us, how many we're supposed to be a light in that community? We're supposed to buy up everything around it, rebuild it, redevelop it, and put each other in it. And what I love about this is I was studying this last night. We're right in the center of where CNN is located. So can you imagine if we create a community of believers that are really watching out for each other? I think they're getting ready to put that all around the world. And I think revival can start right here in Atlanta, Georgia. any faith in this room? I said, I believe a, a revival can start right here in Atlanta, Georgia. He said, as long as we're working with him, we'll have as much power as we'll ever need. Okay? But we've got to look out for each other. Write down, I don't have time to read it. Write down Acts chapter 4, verse 23 through 31. You'll see the early church was under intense persecution. Peter was instructed not to preach anymore in that name, threatened to be thrown in prison. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 4, when they let him go, he went back to his own company and they began to pray. How many of y'all know, folks, the more we get attacked, 
the closer we're supposed to get to each other, not the further apart. And that's really something God's dealing with me about right now. Relationships are so important to God. And they're so challenging in the church. And we've got to bring that reality back, folks, where we're looking out for each other. Go to 1 John chapter 4, and let's read verses 1 through 4. Let me remind you very quickly who you are. And then my wife, she's going to come up and help me pray in a moment. I'll call her up. We're going to take a few moments to pray. Look in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets, not a few, but many, have gone out into the world. Now, I don't know if you all were watching the news, but there was a reverend with a long beard. I won't even get into the rest of the aspects of who he was that triggered all those events in Dallas. He had a, a crowd of people around him. I don't know if you all saw this on the news. They had one of those, uh, what are those things that project the voice? Uh, megaphone, and you should have heard what he was saying. And he was actually inciting to the crowd towards riots. But he was a pastor called by God to rally these troops. And if you don't have a listening ear, I mean, if it's death and violence, God is not in that. I'm talking about this is like right where all the events took place. Wasn't soon after that. And I just wonder at that moment, did somebody get on their phone, call somebody and say, this is your moment right here. Fired that guy up to jump in his car. I'm not, I can't prove any of this, but I can tell you what I saw on TV, a a self-proclaimed pastor with thousands of people standing around him was speaking something that did not come from God if it was about hurting other people and creating tension between races. Notice what John said here. Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But by this, you'll know the spirit of God because every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, watch this, and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, not trying to overcome them, We have already overcome them. You are a overcomer. You are not a nobody just trying to get by. You are a somebody who has already gotten by and is getting ready to get better. Come on, somebody shout amen in this place. And then he says here, you have overcome him, them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Come on, church. That's good news for us today. The greater one is on the inside of us. 
So we have nothing to fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We must be about God's business today, folks. We must try to win as many people to God and the kingdom of God as we possibly can. This is not a time, folks, to be taping your shows, scandal, sitting around for hours watching television, being entertained with non-productive stuff. This is a time for us to be in prayer, watching, looking out for each other, helping each other, build the kingdom, come on, somebody, and making an impact that cannot be erased in this earth, folks. Believe it or not, church, this right now is our time. And let's use it for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Say, I am anointed to remove burdens and destroy yokes. Come on, say it. Everything I put my hands to, it prospers. I am successful. My marriage is successful. My single life is successful. My job is successful. My business is successful. My investments are successful. My home is successful. Say, I draw a bloodline around all of my possessions that Satan cannot befall. Say, no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. Come on, say it. A thousand will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. Come on, say it like you mean it. But it will not come near me. Come on, say it like you mean it. It will not come near me. Come on, say it like you mean it. It will not come near me. Come on, say it like you mean it. It will not come near me, my children, my possessions. Come on, anything that concerns me will not experience hurt, harm, or danger in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, release a shout of victory in this place. Come on, if you believe that, release a shout of victory in this place. Come on, folks, we're not going down. We're going up in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's not getting worse for us. It's getting better for us, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last thing, how do we live a quiet and peaceable life? Number five, in times like these, stay standing because we're getting ready to pray. And write down 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4. He was real clear, folks. We can live a quiet and peaceable life during times like these. Okay, well, Watch what he says here. He says, therefore, I exhort the first of all supplications. It's interesting that we start again. Supplications are heartfelt prayers that we pray for each other. Folks, we're supposed to be spending a lot of time praying for each other. Single people are desiring to get married. Marriages need to get stronger. Come on, somebody. Kids need to go to college. Come on, homes need to be paid off. 
Come on, businesses need to prosper. People need to be debt free. Come on, people need to get healed. Come on, church. Starts right off supplications, prayers, intercessions. That's for the lost. I know we need to pray for each other first because if we're not well, how are we going to help the world? So I know you're an intercessor, but, but pray for the church first. Because the stronger the church is, I mean, now we can really have, be a good witness to the world. You'll see the order here. And then giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, how? And peaceable life. And notice that only comes when we pray for each other. And we pray. notice we can quiet life down through our prayers. While it's loud outside, it can be quiet inside. Come on, it can be pop, 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 pop. Next door, and we can be sleep on the pillow. In all godliness and reverence, notice what it said. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. You'll see this on the back end of everything that we read today. Who desires for all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. What is the strategy for the church today? Write these two things down. Use your authority, number one. These are your action steps. Number one, use your authority. And number two, occupy until he comes. I don't have time to read it to you. Write down Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 14, the parable of the money. You'll notice when they heard these things, they spoke a parable, and they said to him that they thought that the kingdom was getting ready to appear immediately. How many of people have believed for years that the earth was getting ready to end? Jesus' exact words to them was simply this. He used a parable and he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called his ten servants, delivered to them ten pounds, and said to them, Do business. That's what occupy means until I come. Out of the three, he gave one ten, one five, and one one. All right, the one that was 10 gave 10 more. The one that had five gave five more. The one that only had one was lazy, right, because he thought he was going to be coming back any day. So why go put the work in? Listen, folks, Linked Up Church is going to keep buying buildings. We're going to keep doing business until he comes. Watch this. We, why not go out on top? See, that's called going from glory to glory. So this is not a time to slow down. This is actually a time to build. While the world is losing everything, this is how it's transferred into the right owner's hands. We're watching this right now as I speak. Hundreds of thousands of dollars less for situations coming into our hands. And it's getting ready to happen again and again and again and again. You all ready to do some work? Yeah. All right. My wife and I, we're going to take about five minutes. I have ten. Ten fifteen on my clock, so we're actually in good time. So we're going to take about five to seven minutes, the same time period that we have during in-service prayer. And we're going to pray in this order. Doesn't she look beautiful today? 
It's amazing. Somebody that beautiful got all that power on the inside of her. Okay? What are we getting ready to do? First of all, we're going to pray for each other. We're going to follow the order, right? Then we're going to intercede for the lost. They need answers, folks. And we should have the answers. Right? Then we're going to pray for kings. That's natural authority. And all that are in authority, spiritual authority. Okay? And then we're going to release uh, Thanksgiving and watch heaven back everything that comes out of our mouths. Okay? All right. I'm going to start off. Or actually, you want to start off praying for the saints? Okay? You start off. Go ahead and grab a, 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 a neighbor a, by the hand. Neighbor by the hand. And let's all agree in prayer. This is a serious time. for serious This is time. where... One could put 1,000 to flight, but two, and if we got seven, six, seven hundred in here, could put millions to flight. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you glory on this day. Yes, this Father. too is a day that you have made and we do rejoice and we are glad in it. Father, you said with two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. If that's, if, and if we are touching us anything, you will make it good on the earth. So, Father God, right now we do exactly as the man of God has instructed us to do. We supplicate right now for one another, for the saints of